Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues in the Sunshine State. We're in Sebring, Florida, and we're going to talk with Hugh Little of DNH Music. But first, I want you to discover your celebrity at the newest, hottest, most interesting, and fun live music show to hit the scene in 50 years. It's called Flash Jam. Whether you perform live music or enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam is a dynamic way for musicians to come together, perform, and compete for recognition and rewards at the venue. Whether you're new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your talents. Musicians perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for that same particular song. Existing bands are featured performing iconic songs to display new and emerging local talent as well. And live music patrons participate by voting for their favorite musical combinations. It's a really fun new concept, and it's called Flash Jam, coming to a market near you. Welcome to the show, flashjam.com. So you, you are the performer, and Drew Berman is the songwriter, but he also performs, correct? No, actually, Drew writes lyrics. I write lyrics and I write music and I do the demos. Oh, okay. So I record the guitar and bass and all the vocal tracks. And then uh, I have a good friend down here who plays fiddle and mandolin and she comes in and does some stuff. I have a couple of keyboardists that come in and record on the demos as well. Okay. And so our business primarily is a songwriting business. We don't go out on the road, uh, don't go to the clubs and perform. We're writing music for other folks and for ourselves. That is so cool. I met a woman, and I'll, I'll put her in touch with you after the show, who wants to be on the show, but she's in, I think, in Seattle, and she's moving to Hawaii, and she's got songs, but she's like, I, I can't finish them. And she really wants to perform, and she wants to perform original music. She'd be a perfect fit for you. Yeah, absolutely. We would be more than happy to write lyrics for a song or write music for lyrics, whatever it is. If there are musicians out there who maybe they've written a, a song and they don't have any music for it, they could send it to us and we'd be happy to put some music to it. Or if they have a piece of music they've written and they want lyrics, we can do that too. So how do you and Drew do this together? Do, do you... How does that corroboration work? Well, Drew lives here in Sebring as well. Mm -hmm. And he works part-time at a local supermarket here. He does some checking and he also does some demonstration kinds of things. And I actually went through his checkout line one day and I was wearing a t-shirt from the Music Mastery program. And he said, oh, are you a music master, or a guitar master? And I said, well, I play guitar. And he <laughs> said, well, do you play music? And I said, yeah. And so he said, well, if I gave you a poem and asked you to write some music for it, could you do it? And I said, yeah. And he didn't take me seriously. He didn't think that I would really do it, but he decided he'd give me the song anyway. And he had had a bunch of other people that he had given it to that never did anything with it. 
And about three days later, I had a song ready for him. Wow. And uh, that was the first one that we wrote together. And that one we sent to a recording studio up in Nashville and had it professionally recorded. It's called Always Be Your Cowboy. It's one that you are going to play here, I think, in a little bit. And yeah. that was our very first one. And we've written, uh, oh, I think, 75 others since that time together. Drew mostly writes poems. He's kind of learning to be a songwriter. And so I arrange the poems that he writes. And he's a very prolific writer. He's great. And I put music to it and arrange it and then do the demos. You send your stuff. Any, any particular, do you send it to a, like your music to a lot of different places, Nashville, LA, New York, or do you just have one or two people you deal with? Have you networked to find other contacts? Well, the recording studio up in Nashville that's done four of our songs and videos for them as well does some promotion for us. We do have a manager who is promoting our songs to producers and to record companies and artists. We do a little bit of that on our own as well. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining a Venn diagram of some sort. You know, like, so here's you, you know, here's you, here's Drew, and here we write, and then this goes to this, goes to our manager who takes it to this place, who takes it to this place, and it goes to here. And eventually it's going to land in the lap of who? Oh, Blake Shelton would be a good one. Alan Jackson. She's just any of the really more old country kinds of folks. We don't write a whole lot of new country right. kinds of things necessarily. But, uh, and, and your songs, and as we will hear, your songs really have that old traditional, I want to like say 50s to 70s kind of style of country music. It's not the Southern rock that they call country today. Well, that's where I kind of cut my teeth. I started playing guitar when I was in ninth grade, and that was 1962. And the first music I really ever heard was on the radio, Elvis and, you know, all of the old country guys. And so I've been playing in bands for years and years and years uh -huh. and just started writing music relatively recently. So you play guitar. What else do you play? I play guitar and bass, and I can noodle around a little bit on keys. Okay. And we use garage band drums. Okay. And just kind of right from there. My uh, my son-in-law, my daughter and son-in-law, grandson were up here for the last you know week and a half, and tried to get my two and a half year old grandson to play the cajon I have in the living room, and he loved it, but has no sense of rhythm at two and a half. So we would try and play along with whatever he was playing. <laughs> sometimes that's the way it works it was really a lot of fun so do you get an idea of a song and then say hey drew can you write something like this because i've got a flavor of this lick that i put together can you do that with him or does he come to you i do most of my writing from lyrics so okay. honestly tom I don't even necessarily know where the music comes from most of the time. I know you and I were talking before the show about the scientific approach to things. Yeah. And that isn't really the way that I write. Um, <laughs> if, I, if I have some really good lyrics, I can put music to them and the music just kind of comes out of the air. I don't know where it's from. Actually, I don't sit and think, oh, well, this would be a good lick to play until I start really putting it together 
the melody I, I sit down with a guitar and the melody just comes from the lyrics do you ever have ever find a position where you've got the melody and the lyrics just don't quite match up so you gotta i wouldn't say i'll say doctor you have to doctor drew's lyrics a little bit dr drew <laughs> we call we call it arranging <laughs> i knew i knew there was one for it <laughs> and it's really funny because when drew and i first started writing together there was a little bit of friction to an extent if he wrote something and i said geez you know i don't know about that line or i don't know about that word or you know i think we should change this he's always been pretty good about it but i could tell it, it kind of bothered him now it doesn't bother him anymore uh -huh. and there are times when i record something and he listens to it and says well i think that's pretty good i just think you could do this and this and this and i don't get upset about that either oh so, I think really some of the best stuff that we've written has been stuff where, in fact, one of the songs that you're going to play today, so I could write this country song, that actually was a line that he wrote in another song. Really? I just didn't think it fit. And uh -huh. I said, well, you know, let's take that line out. Here's a line that's better for it. And he said, but that's such a good line, you know, so I could write this country song. And I said, well, you know, you could always use that to write another song. In fact, that's your assignment for this week. You know, write me a song called uh, so I could sing this country song. And he did. But that song came out better, actually, than the one we took the line out of. That's funny. Do you notice uh, a lack of, in today's country music, a lack of, I'm going to just call it cowboy music? I think it's coming back to an extent. There are some newer artists out there, I think, that are kind of going back to the roots. Right now, Nashville has, and I have a mentor in Nashville that's that writes for Sony Music, and he's been in the business for 25 years, and yep. he's really taken me under his wing and is helping me. And there is a formula for writing Nashville music right now. There's just, there's a way to do that. So when you listen to the radio, a lot of the stuff that you hear is, I went down to the bar and drank five tequilas because my woman left me and I'm taking this one new woman out on the tailgate in the moonlight and we're going to mess around. And, you know, that because I, because I love her so. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I will if she says yes. So, <laughs> so, funny, um... so that's, that, that's kind of what's going on uh, today. And there is a formula for it. It's kind of tough to have music accepted and recorded by somebody because there's so much of it. I mean, there's guys on Writer's Row in Nashville that that's all they do, you know, eight hours a day or 10 hours a day. They sit in a room and they write music. Wow. My mentor was telling me the other day that there's one producer for one of the artists that when they're getting ready to do an album, he listens to 250 songs a day. And the reason he can do that is that most of them don't grab him right from the get-go, so he just turns them off. And so yeah. he's looking for a particular type of song with a particular sound, a particular hook. And if he doesn't hear that, he goes on to something else. And the artist doesn't even get to hear the song, typically, unless you know the artist and can get right. something 
they don't even hear the song until the manager and the producer listen to it first and okay it. And then the artist gets to listen to it. And then if the artist likes it, they can go ahead and cut it. There is a process that weeds out most of the songs that are being written. Another thing that my mentor asked me when we first started working together was, do you want to be a great songwriter or do you want to be a hit songwriter? And I said, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do. And he said, well, he said, you kind of have to choose one or the other. And he said, I write with a guy who has had 65 number one hits over the years. Wow. He writes, he writes hit music. He does the formula. He gets an idea and he puts the words to him. He said, there's another writer that I write with who hasn't had all that many hit songs. He's a great songwriter, though. And when he writes a song and somebody records it, it's like the song of the year. It's the one that everybody just freaking loves. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because, for the most part, people that don't really study the label, right? They don't study who wrote the song. You just think that here's this song by, well, like you said, like Alan Jackson. Did Alan Jackson yeah. write that song? Or maybe not. Maybe Blake Shelton didn't write that. Maybe he's just the, he's the performer because that's the product that people are buying right now and it well, takes a lot for for let's say hugh little or tom pollard to be one of those people that's recording all of these songs that are being written by these guys that are spending eight hours a day writing songs yeah and probably the best example of that right now is the one that jason aldean just did try that in a small town yeah that uh, got banned by CMT, and it it's just had so many views, and it's sold so much, and and he's just making a fortune. He didn't write that song. To tie in with that, there was a Facebook argument that I was watching, and they were, somebody said that said he's he's from was it Macon or something? That's not a small town. He actually lives in Columbia, Tennessee, and that is a small town. Now. Oh, okay, okay. And he was he was born and raised in Macon. That's but, what it was. So yeah. So what does he know about a small town? That's what this guy was saying. He's from Macon. You know, it's not really a small town. You know. Well, yeah. now that he's had success, and there was something about him and Candace Owen or something. His wife and Candace Owens. When yeah. Candace moved to to Nashville, that's what they hit it off. And yeah, they're good friends. Yeah, they live in. Yeah. They live right in that area of Columbia, right outside of Nashville. There's a songwriter someplace that's laughing all the way to the bank, right? Because he or she wrote that song, and I don't know who it was even. That wrote the song and he and, likes all the flack yeah <laughs> yeah he doesn't well you know that that song i think that's pretty good <laughs> yeah it's a bad song <laughs> i think that's a pretty good one so always be your cowboy i just have it as cowboy and so <laughs> what happens with this when people send me songs i'm if it's got a, a title that reminds me of another song i immediately start listening to see if that's what this is so when I saw Cowboy, I immediately thought Kid Rock. And this is not Kid Rock at all. This is so traditional and such a good Cowboy song. So tell yeah, me all Cowboy is actually the name of it. We shorten it down to Cowboy when we write about it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's the hook, Always Be Your Cowboy. Always Be Your Cowboy. And Drew wrote that song. That was the first one that we did uh -huh. together. Drew's wife, Jaylene, passed away about five years ago. She had brain cancer and passed away at a very early age. The song is about her. Drew wrote the song after she passed away about her and for her. 
And, oh, that's so uh, sweet. That's such a sweet sentiment. I'll always be your cowboy, baby. You know. I don't know whether Nashville will ever pick that up. I don't know whether there's uh, an artist out there someplace that will hear it and fall in love with it and, and want to record it. One of the things that my mentor mentioned to me is that it's very tough for an artist to sing a song like that unless they've experienced something similar because the emotion behind the song for the artist who does it really is a part of the process. We're so fortunate that we had that song and some of our others recorded at A Writer's Paradise in Nashville. And that is a recording studio that uses musicians who are in off the road from touring with bigger acts. Wow. And they won't even tell me who the musicians are except for the vocalist. And the vocalist is a guy by the name of Mike Lusk. And Mike has taken our songs and just made them really super special. He's done demos for us that are, are absolutely awesome. That's so cool. I love these stories, man. These, <laughs> this is why I do this, of course. You know, it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, we're going to give it a listen to. We're with uh, Hugh Little from DNH Music, singers, songwriters, but really songwriters. And this song is called Always Be Your Cowboy.
but you'll never be far away. You'll live right here inside my heart till I join you again someday. That's why I'll always be your cowboy. Hold your love light in my eyes. Take your heart into the sunset and wake Cowboy, or always be your cowboy with DNH Music and spokesperson, I guess, spokesperson Hugh Little. We'll get back and talk to Hugh in a moment. The song he was we were just talking about was inspired by Drew Berman lost his wife to cancer. Well, there's a small town in Kansas called Tecumseh where you're gonna find monkey house guitars. It's a, a small made-to-order guitar shop. If you think it, they can build it. Some of the most beautiful handmade guitars you'll ever see, meticulously designed and crafted, pure specifications, nothing by machine, hand-laid frets, everything routed and sanded in the shop at Monkey House Guitars, all from the hands of artisan Mike Thompson, just an amazing luthier. Well, we all know cancer sucks, and Mike Thompson of Monkey House recently has felt the touch of what that disease can do to anyone who has a friend or loved one go through the rigors and sorrows of cancer. So when thinking about charities to help support Mike Thompson of Monkey House Guitars and the Music of America podcast, please ask you to consider a benefit or something of that sort for the American Cancer Society. And check out Monkey House Guitars. It's Monkey House, one word, guitars. Monkeyhouseguitars.com. I want one of those guitars. Oh, dude, you ought to go online and look up this thing called the Multiverse Guitar. It's probably the most innovative and interesting guitars I've ever seen. And you can watch it be made through a series of slides that he has on his Facebook page. It's really cool. I think it might be on his website, too, but I know it's on his Facebook page. It's a Monkey House Guitars. It's just fascinating to see that kind of... I'm blown away, you know, about people that have that artistic ability. We're talking, like we were talking about singer-songwriters. I can write music. I can sit down and would you say noodle around? I own a whole bunch of guitars. I don't, you know, I'm not a guitar player. I can play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player, you know. <laughs> but I noodle around and I'll come up with a melody or two or a riff or something like that. That's not bad. Make me write lyrics. I dare you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My motto is that you can never have too much money or too many guitars. Sometimes you have to choose between the two. And I only have eight over here so far, and I want more for sure. Dude, I'm in I'm in Burlington, Vermont, and I think my total up here now is like six, and I think I've got fifteen in Missouri, where we spend our winters. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. 
But the joke I always say, you know how many guitars a guitar player needs? One more. That's right. And I had a guy counter that. He says, you know, the best guitar guitar owner owns? The last one he bought. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you play when you're when you're working on music? Do you have one that you use to perform when you finish the product? Or do you have one that you just go to? Or, or how does that work with you and instruments? It kind of depends on what I want the so song to sound like. And I have several Fenders, and I have an F-hole guitar, and I have an acoustic electric, and I have a 12-string. And it just depends on what I want the song to sound like uh -huh. as, as to what I use. And I, as I'm writing the music, I'm kind of hearing what it's going to sound like in my head. Okay. And then I can put the tracks down and, and make it sound the way I want it to sound. So that's the way that I do that. Kind of the soul of the song. Yeah. What we've been doing lately is just a lot of coming up with song titles. We were talking with a country singer that we do some collaboration with. She's up in Alabama. And we get together here on Zoom and do some writing together and, and that sort of thing. And we were writing titles one day. And before we started writing the titles, she said, you know, my brother called me in the middle of the night a couple of nights ago when he was drunk. We don't get along that well. And he called and I asked him where he was. And he told me that he was down at the strip club. And I very sarcastically said, well, how nice for you. He said, oh, not really. None of them have any teeth. <laughs> and... So as we were writing song titles, just anything that came to mind, one of my song titles was She Ain't Got No Teeth. So I wrote a song called She Ain't Got No Teeth. That's and hilarious. I, I did the lyrics and the music for that one. Drew and I are writing a lot from titles now. And you, you get a title and you just sort of flesh that out. And you think of things that go with the title and things that you want to say or you see something or you hear somebody say something. And it just sparks a title, and then there's a song that happens around that around that title. It's kind of crazy. One of my favorite stories is about the Traveling Wilburys, yep. and they have a song that's called Handle With Care. That came from, they were walking through Bob Dylan's garage, and he had a crate of something in there that said Handle With Care on the side of it. Hey, that's a good song title. And they wrote a song, <laughs> Handle With Care. I did a acoustic bit with uh, my old bass player and my brother. And before that bass player was another bass player I played with. And we called ourselves uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Hermans, the three Hermans. It was based <laughs> loosely on the concept of the traveling Wilburys. Each of us had, yeah. had our own identity. Like I was Herm, my brother was Hermie, and I think Rich was Herm, <laughs> Herman. And then, uh, but, you know, so, it, and then our personality, we'd write our own bio about who Herm was. And then, that's what we would bring. That persona would bring that to, to performing music. Then we end up doing nothing really with it, but it was a cool concept. And, and, and all inspired by the traveling Wilburys. And what the hell kind of a name is that? You know? <laughs> well, did you ask Peter Noon to join in and be your man? <laughs> it could have been it could have been the hermit. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to so many different songwriters about how they do things, and there is no formula no. i think i could line up a hundred songwriters in a room and probably have 75 different ways of how they do it and the remaining 25 would be an amalgamation of how the other people do it like i might do a little bit of this and a little bit of that uh marissa levy was on last week from delaware 
And she said, when she writes, she writes, she can write a song in 15 minutes. And if she yep. can't, then she walks away. Blows me away. How can you do that? So I don't do it every time. The best ones that I've written, though, have happened that fast. Yeah. Yeah. And is it something that when you're done, you just have confidence and you just, you're done with it? You don't have to go back and tweak it or go back and look at it? Or you just like, well, the, the song itself, the melody and the chord progression come really, really fast. The recording part of it is a different deal because <laughs> that really takes some time and going over a thing and recording tracks and re-recording tracks. And I don't really like the way that sounds. Uh, oh, I put a different bass track to it. And the the other thing that's, uh, I don't know, I was telling my songwriting partner, Drew, the other night that it's a blessing and a curse. I go back and I listen to some of the stuff that I did two or three years ago, and it's just, oh, no, no, I've got to record that. You know, that's, no, that's not good. So actually putting the tracks down is the place where the changes come. And okay. And it's not really a change in the in the lyrics or the melody necessarily. It's just the way that you want it to sound and the way you want it to come out. So so Drew brings you some lyrics and you write some music and then you say, Okay, and you, you guys say, Okay, this is a good song. It's done. You've got you've got, you know, your what is it? You got lyric chorus, lyric chorus, bridge, lyric chorus, or whatever, however you do it, right? Whatever formula you've designed. And then he's like, okay, have at it. And then you put all the music together. You add the bass. You add, have your friend that you said comes in, like, we'll play pedal steel or fiddle or whatever, right? And then the drum kit from, and then you have that product then. So let's just say Shared Hearts is now done. Shared Hearts then gets shipped to your manager? No, we actually have sent that directly up to the studio in Nashville. Okay. And had them about it. And we've done some songs here lately because I'm getting better at the recording part of things. We've done some things that we think my voice is pretty good for. And uh, so we, we probably won't even send those to Nashville. We'll probably just go ahead and send them to our manager and have her decide whether we're going to release them ourselves or whether we're going to pitch them to somebody or what we're going to do with them. Because there are so many different ways that you can go music-wise today. I mean, there are artists out there who don't even have producers and they don't have record companies. Record companies, I don't know, they may become a thing of the past. A lot of artists have gone bankrupt because of the deals they do with record companies. So I don't know. No, it's it's a toss up. It's a scary time too in that regard, or in the in the the realm of AI, because what used to take a team of producers and musicians, people are doing in their basement. Yeah, and AI is an absolutely tremendous tool. I can't really see from my standpoint, at least, because Drew and I write stories. Mm -hmm. And I write lyrics as well as Drew. I do some of my own songs. And both of us are storytellers in the songs that we write. We do run things through AI from time to time just to get ideas or just to, you know, what what would they come up with? What kinds of lyrics would they come up that would, that would be different from the ones that we've written yeah. when we put it through there? And sometimes they come up, there's, there's just one line in a song that they come up with something absolutely stellar, you know, that's just awesome. I probably am never going to record a song that's completely written by AI. Yeah. Probably not ever going to happen. 
And I think that AI, the missing link in AI is the emotional part of it. And emotion is such an incredibly important part in music, from my perspective, at least. The songs that really are lasting, the ones that they're still playing from Johnny Cash and yeah. you know the, the boys, Waylon Jennings and the guys that did so well in the past, and they're still playing them all over the radio all the time. All the stations play their stuff, and they've just lasted. They tended to be songs that were more emotional and not just a cookie-cutter type thing that might appeal for a little bit, and then people forget about it. When Chris Stapleton came on the scene, and I would talk with him about, or talk about him with my, my music friends, whatever, and the, the phrase that I always used, like, or said, was that he brought soul back to country. And nobody sang with that much soul since George Jones. And yep. a lot of people got turned off by George Jones because he had that short and twang, you know. <laughs> we all want to sing like George Jones. That guy is the classic. He was, but uh, yeah. they, they kind of got away from that. You know, the, the Kenny Rogers, Larry Gatlin era of country music kind of got away from the traditional country. And thank God, uh, Garth Brooks kind of brought it back to, to bring country back to country. But I think it was Stapleton that brought soul back to country. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about there, too, that AI can never. You take a story like Elephant by Jason Isbell, and it's another song I cite a lot. AI can't, they can tell the story but they can't make you feel the emotion that's tied to the story of someone with cancer. Right. Which is what the song. So, okay. Sure. I'm off, off my soapbox. Tell, <laughs> tell me about shared hearts. Tell me how AI cannot write shared hearts. Well, shared hearts is another Drew song that was inspired by his late wife. It just turned out being a favorite song from a lot of the people who have heard it, my wife included. She just absolutely loves it. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that we kind of co-wrote in the song have to do with, there's a progression in the song. And if you watch the video, especially that's on YouTube, mm -hmm. There's a progression in the song from younger people all the way through senior citizens like me who are getting on toward the end of it. Now, most senior citizens are. My goal is to die at age 150 shot by a jealous husband, not because I'm <laughs> around or anything, but just because I'm so devastatingly good looking at that age. And so I've hit middle age. I'm 75 now. And so I, I have 75 more years to go. Uh, to write some hits. Uh, and, and of course, I live, down, I live down here in Florida, and the nickname of Florida is God's Waiting Room. And so, you know, there are a lot of senior citizens down here. So, we do write some things that are kind of senior citizen types of songs. And that's a pretty good thing. And I think the story of the journey through life and the fact that when you have somebody that you share your heart with, in that process, you know, from the time that you get married to somebody on through the time that you shuck your shoes and move on to what's next, yeah. that that's a, that's a story. That's a, a story of life that people really can relate to. And that's what Shared Hearts is about. We're going to give it a listen. Okay. We're talking with Hugh Little from Teenage Music and a song he and his songwriting partner, Drew Berman, wrote. This song is called Shared Hearts.
down My dreams are longer in spite You look at me and speak softly And you rekindle my fire There's no greater friend Than the one I have in you You turn to me and speak softly I know that I'll make it through Cause my heart is yours and your heart is mine Shared hearts forever till the end of time When the line roses hate And my heart feels the fear You look at me and speak softly And the dread disappears When my head gets too big Podcast coming from Sebring, Florida. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll get back talking to Hugh Little after I talk to you about B Normous Productions. They've been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Vierhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loves most, which is production. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place out in Millican, Colorado. High end instruments, high end tools on hand to make your sound compete with your favorite records. He's got one goal in mind, and that's for you to look and sound as professional as possible. So go make some records. 
and some videos. B Normus Productions. They're on Facebook and at bnormusproductions.com. Got to put you guys together, man. That'd be perfect. You know, you get you can you and Drew can write the music and then go have it produced out in Millican, Colorado. There you go. Yeah, I moved down here from Colorado in 2011 because happy wife, happy life. That's right. Where were you so in Colorado? Where about? I was, I was in uh, Longmont. Oh, okay. I lived, uh, that was my last radio slash TV gig was in Vail, Vail and Aspen. So uh, in the mountains, you don't broadcast. So everything was done on cable. We had cable radio. And you want to talk about a tough sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But okay, so we're back. Uh, we've talked about singing, songwriting. You, you touched on performing. That you guys might take that to the next level and just start doing your own music. How's Drew feel about that? Does he perform, or can he perform? Well, I tease Drew. He doesn't play an instrument yet. He's he did get a keyboard, and he he's been taking some piano lessons. Oh, and so he's learning a little bit about that. And I tease him all the time about if we put together a band and we go out on the road, Drew, you get to play triangle. You'd be really, really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of laugh about that. Actually, neither one of us have any desire whatsoever to go out on the road. Okay. We, re we really don't. Listen, I played in bands for so many years and traveling and schlepping equipment and set up and tear down and you don't make any money. And in fact, it costs money <laughs> to, go out, to go out and play. And it is a blast. And, I, you know, the bands that I've played with, played with a band up in Colorado called Mustache Walker, and we played together for about three and a half years. And we were named for the drummer whose name was Adam Walker and he had a mustache and we were sitting around trying to think of a name for the band and mustache Walker was what we came up with. I mean, and, somebody could really take that name the wrong way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and there are, uh, and so there are some videos of uh, some conference and concert footage and so on of some things we did up in Colorado years ago. We were a pretty good band. We really were. Yeah. And, I just really don't have any desire to do that. I want to spend my time writing and recording demos and music out to the world that way. So when you were saying in the last segment, you're talking about your voice isn't so bad. So you're talking about using your voice and putting it out, putting your music out with you on there. That wouldn't for you to go out and start becoming a quote recording artist. That would just be to use your voice as your demo to go to another house a publishing house or a, uh, oh, a performer yeah, we, we actually do that already as far as you know putting the demo together mm -hmm. and most of our demos are good enough as it is to send out to somebody to listen to to see if they have an artist that might want to do it in okay. fact there are tons and tons and tons of stories about people who played a song for somebody on their little cassette recorder uh, the artist said, "Oh, I like that. You know, I want to record that. What else you got?" That's <laughs> you know? funny. There was a Kentucky Fried Chicken sponsored a country songwriting contest decades ago, and I was in this little radio station in Kirksville, Missouri. We ran the the contest. It was 
the only way we could get Kentucky Fried Chicken ever to get on our air airwaves. I went and presented the idea with the sales rep and said, here's what we're going to do. And and the winner won like a, a, a micro cassette recorder or whatever. And then an opportunity to be win, like get in the top five or whatever and have their songs actually produced and recorded in Nashville. It was a really neat thing. And the quality of music that came in and cassette tape that they won, because we played them on the air and we let the audience vote for them, you know, and we'd play a song. And some of the stuff that came in on cassette, you hear doors slamming in the background, you're a cat meow or something. My favorite songwriting story actually comes from the documentary It All Begins With a Song. And it's about the songwriters on Songwriters Row in Nashville. Never heard of it. I gotta write that one down. Oh, it's just a great documentary. And one of the stories on it is about the songwriter who, in the same week, he lost his recording contract. He lost his songwriting contract, and his wife left him. Oh, yes, it's a country song. It is. And he was sitting in the kitchen with his manager, and they were drinking. And he said, what are we going to do? His manager said, well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to put this bottle in my head and pull the trigger. Oh, wow. And the songwriter says, oh, that's a great line. Writes it down. And a year or so later, Brad Paisley and Alison Krauss come out with a whiskey, whiskey lullaby. lullaby. Yeah. And another songwriter laughs his way to the bank <laughs> every time <laughs> that song gets played. <laughs> Remember uh, David Allen Coe did that song, You Never Call Me By Your Name? And Steve Goodman wrote the song. Says it's a perfect country western song. That's right. That, that whole story about that is hilarious. He writes back, I was drunk the day my mom got out of prison. I went to pick her up in the rain, but before I could get to the station in the pickup truck, she got run over by a dang old train. That's right. <laughs> and he said he realized that Steve had written his The Perfect Country Song. The Perfect song. Country Song. <laughs> and actually, there's a really nice segue into the next song that you're going to play of ours because it's kind of the sequel to that song. No kidding. Well, it's a little bit of a send up of of country music and it's about a guy that has his family has all kinds of things that are going wrong all of his relatives are just totally cuckoo they're totally messed up and he keeps asking how come well so i could write this country song <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's why and, and this was this was a throwaway line from another song you said I told Drew, won't work in that one. You need to write a song, though, about that. That's absolutely and, brilliant, man. I love that. And he came up with that. And I don't know whether he had ever heard You Never Even Call Me By My uh -huh. Name, but he came up with the song. And the other inspiration for the song is right before I wrote the music to it, I heard an old talking blues song on the radio that Bob Dylan did. And so there's kind of a going back and forth between talking and uh, the music and the music okay yeah, the talking is in the verses and the music's in the chorus gotcha. well we got to listen to it then hey, there's no other way around right. let's do it right now okay so uh this is the last piece we've got from dnh music and uh 
This one is called So I Can Sing This Country Song. My grandma got locked up in jail Asked me to raise some money for bail My girl drove off with another man Gave me the middle finger wave in her hand How rude I had to go to the hospital that night His bookie showed up to collect the bed I got roughed up, had to cover his dead Not fair, he don't care How come? Well, I got no money, I got no money How come everything's going wrong? So I can sing this country song And now he's done with her Well, I went over to talk to this guy Ended up getting questioned by the FBI Assault My fault How come Well, I got no money, I got no money How come everything's going wrong So I can sing this country song Stealing cars, now he's doing 10 years behind bars. Dad yells at mom 24 7. She just wants to kill him but wants to go to heaven. My family, mercy me. How come? Well, I got no honey, I got no money. How come everything's going wrong? So I can sing this country song. songs healed all the trauma music helped me draw a line in the sand now i'm playing country music in a country band got my guitar rode off on my horse now i'm a star found a country honey making lots of money left it all behind and moved along so i could sing this country song well i Cause I can sing this country song So I can sing this country song So I can sing this country song So I can sing this country song DNH Music with Hugh Little and Drew Berman, singer-songwriters, and uh Okay, so Hugh, this is the part of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. This is when you really talk about why musicians should contact you for you guys to write them songs, how they can reach you, how they can hear your product, and where they can buy one of those really cool DNH music shirts. You can go online and you can go to Facebook 
and there is a D&H music group and you can join it. And unlike other groups, I don't even try to ask you 20 questions and figure out whether I want you to be in the group or not. I do want <laughs> you to be. So you can certainly do that. Our email address is d.and.h.music20 at gmail.com. And you can send me an email anytime. You can find me on Alignable DNH Music and you can send me a message. You can call me on the telephone. I probably won't answer the line. Uh, <laughs> and it is specifically for DNH Music. It's 863-304-8664. And you can leave me a message and I will get back to you. If you have some lyrics that you've written and you're not a music writer and you want your lyrics put to music, you can just send your lyrics to me and tell me what kind of music you want it to be. I can write country, I can write rock and roll, I can write harder rock. So those are kind of the genres that uh, I'm able to write. If you are getting married or you know somebody that's getting married or if you run a wedding planning service, Drew and I wrote a song for somebody's wedding not too long ago. Oh, that's and neat. It was the hit of the wedding. So if you want something that's written that is special for your wedding, you can tell us your story. Tell us about yourself and how you met and what you like about each other and all those kinds of things. Yeah. And we'll write you a song for your wedding. And if you have some music that you've written and you don't have any lyrics to go with it, you can have us write lyrics for you. Those are some ways that we might be able to be of service to you. If you are a music producer, if you are an artist, if you are a record company and you're looking for songs for an artist, listen to some of our stuff. We have some songs on YouTube. And if you don't find something on YouTube that you like, and again, that's D and H music, and it's capital D ampersand, capital H music. There you go. Uh, you're find us. And so if you don't find something that you're looking for there, we've got 65 more that you can <laughs> you can have access to if you tell us what you're looking for and the kind of music that you like. Those are some of the ways that we might be able to be of service to you. And we would just love to hear from you. We'd love to have you as members of our DNH music group. We put songs on there that nobody has ever heard yet so you get sneak previews of some of the stuff that we're writing and you'll get more funny memes about music than you can shake a stick at when that's when hilarious you're <laughs> go for the memes stay for the music right <laughs> oh man it's been so much fun i, I tell you what hugh I, I don't know where the time goes on these things it's just so much fun had so much time uh had so much fun interviewing, talking with you here. And uh, well, I have a friend that used to say, I hadn't had this much fun since the pigs ate grandpa. And that's kind of the way <laughs> I'm feeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to wrap it up. So this has been Hugh Little and DNH Music. Join us tomorrow. Up next, we're going to Palm Harbor. We're going to visit with a gentleman named Phil Cole. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. 
Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the music of America.